Hey guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag Podcast, presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole Escobar, with my co-hosts, Anissa, Kristen, and Mariah. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to episode nine of the Not Just a Hashtag podcast. I'm Nicole, your host, and I'm here with my beautiful ladies. Hey. Hi. 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 How are you guys doing today? Really well. I'm tan and beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) She's actually lying. She is. Not about the beautiful part, but she's not had a great day. My my 4th of July um, was wild at the beach. Well wild yeah I, I was laying on a blanket <laughs> and occasionally getting in the water I'm just in full summer mode over nice. here yeah that's good me too because I'm a teacher and I have summers off so I'm living my best life wow you're wow. actually full summer mode yeah okay yeah I'm an actual worker who goes uh, to work 40 hours a week so I don't even know what summer is really other than when I leave at five o'clock it's still light out I know that is something that so, i love okay yeah. i'm just embracing the ac <laughs> yeah thank that's god true. for ac everywhere <laughs> true so okay we're gonna get into it and this week we're gonna do things a little bit differently we actually want to start off with a current event that is gaining publicity and momentum and anisa is gonna take it from here okay so we're definitely not gonna get into the details of the case because it is really graphic and explicit It actually happened in New Jersey. There was a 16-year-old boy that did rape a 16-year-old girl at a party, and he filmed it and even sent it to his friends and called it rape. But the judge that is presiding over the case is um, asking, advocating for leniency for this boy because he has good grades and has the potential to go to a really good college and is an Eagle Scout He dismissed um, the boy calling what he did rape, saying it's just a 16-year-old boy talking crap with his friends, and then even went on to say that this didn't fit his idea of rape because rape constitutes two or more men manhandling the victim at gunpoint. So, you know, here on this podcast, we've talked so much about false beliefs and what assault is and rape and in this case we're going to get into the consequences of false beliefs but you have this victim who was raped she was raped and now she has this person who's in a position of authority dismissing what happened to her and that can so set her on a path to then questioning if what she experienced was assault because a judge is not calling it that And so we're going to get into the things that can happen when you do have false beliefs about your assault, your abuse, but they don't just affect the victims. It affects everyone. If you don't understand what sexual abuse, sexual assault, what rape is, 
then it affects everyone. And in this case, it's directly affecting a girl who was raped because this judge's idea of rape is two or more people, you know, manhandling someone at gunpoint. So, you know, hopefully as we, this is the, one of the main points of our podcast is education and we want to dispel those lies mm-hmm. and really speak truth into what, you know, these terms are and what constitutes what. So that's a case that hopefully there will be justice. Hopefully he will be um, tried as an adult and will receive justice. It's hard because I know our idea of justice is usually not satisfied, but, um, you know, prayers for that girl seriously and what she's experiencing and just this whole situation it's really awful but you know it's what we talk about mm-hmm. and one of the things that stands out the most is that everyone in the room knew it was rape even the rapist and the raped person but the judge mm-hmm. and I feel like that is that never happens usually a raper will not admit to their shortcomings or what they have done absolutely I thought that was so wild too and um me and Nicole and Mariah were talking this morning about how even just the role pornography plays in this it's you know it's so much of pornography is violence against women and so you have these teen boys digesting this material on a very consistent basis and then performing the acts they see and because they believe like it's just you know they're acting out what they've seen and they don't understand the consequences or maybe they do and they don't care because they're so jaded and they're so callous because of what they're viewing on a regular basis i think that's more it it's Mm -hmm. desensitization Mm -hmm. you know it's no longer it it, um it doesn't have the same significance in fact i think like long-term like pornography use like that too dehumanizes um, people so that you don't have the same sensitivity that you normally would. You know, there's a, there's a disconnect. Yeah. And I think too, like hearing cases like this just reinforce people's fear to even um, come out and report what happened to them. And um, there's just not enough care for the victim. And not only that, but you watch um, the news or, or read an article like this and it just keeps people walking around unhealed and broken um, and in despair because it's like well if the judge says that's not rape then maybe I'm making a big deal about mine and um, and then it, it just shows people that um, you know it actually reveals that there are people out there that see rape as this Um, and will not be a supportive person or will continue to minimize the issue and the issue continues to be covered and then shame just kind of festers there for everybody. Absolutely. What gives me a lot of hope is the public outcry against this judge, though. I mean, a lot of the responses I've seen have been like, okay, this man needs to immediately be removed from his position of being able to make any calls because clearly he's deranged. So I think that's been a little encouraging is just seeing people's total disgust and repulsion at his wanting to dismiss this case. Well, yeah, and that's what makes it scary is someone that high up is like that. Exactly. Thank you, guys. That's that's a great story to share. And um, I really do hope that that victim feels that she's not alone and she doesn't lose hope during this time. And um Maybe if you're listening out there, there is hope and you, I, if Trees of Hope can play any role in your healing, we're definitely here for you. We're here for any person who's gone through rape or any type of sexual abuse of any kind. And um, it's just, 
healing is the most important thing for you right now and um, it's a long journey but it's worth it it's worth every moment so last week we discussed some false beliefs that a survivor can struggle with and if you didn't listen to episode eight last week please go ahead and listen to that one because a lot of this will not make sense if you don't understand the false beliefs first so we want to recap those just in case you want to be a rebellious person and not listen (laughs) Um, so here's number one it's my fault Number two, it must be a terrible person for them to have done this to me. Number three, I wanted them to do this to me. And number four is, I, it didn't happen. I must have made it up. And just thinking about this girl that we talked about a minute ago, she's probably feeling all four of those because of this judge. You know, he's he re-victimized her by saying um, it's her fault. Like, mm-hmm. maybe he didn't say exactly that, but, you know, he's got good grades like he can take whatever he wants um I must be a terrible person she must be thinking like she did something in order to get this and then I wanted them to do this I don't know if she's thinking that but I mean all of the lies that he had said about this person's education his status in life is gonna is going to affirm that those messages to her no absolutely she's not good enough Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, since we're talking about current events, this one is a little bit older, but I want to bring up like what a stark contrast this is to the judge who handled um, the Olympics case, um, you know, for the doctor. And it, do you guys remember his Larry Nasser? Larry Nasser, yeah. yeah. For the doctor who's on trial and how she allowed all of the victims to stand up and talk and t- say what they needed to say, tell their story that kind of thing it was it was just so powerful yeah. and so um validating yes and she didn't question any one of them mm-hmm. she let each person grieve emotionally yeah. and look him dead in the eye and say their stories and their families too she let their families read the letter read their letters and stuff so okay so now we want to touch on the consequences of believing these lies some of those can be low self-esteem guilt self-blame and shame so sometimes victims think they do not deserve respect and they often feel dirty these feelings prevent them from protecting themselves and it sets them up to be abused again and again so some characteristics of a low self-esteem person would be constant feelings of worthlessness persistent thoughts that you did something wrong or that you're not doing something right, broad swings in a negative and positive attitudes about yourself, self-doubt, um, mistake, making mistakes and feeling like those feelings of uh, that mistake will destroy your accomplishment or success, negative self-statements over or under responsibility and always thinking that something is your fault or you're not to blame for anything, and difficulty making decisions. So, Kristen, tell me a little bit about low self-esteem characteristics. Sure. And I I think that, um, like, one of the things that you were talking about was, like, the over-responsibility or under-responsibility. So it's almost like this pendulum swing back and forth between one or the other, taking way too much responsibility for things that are really not yours to take responsibility for, or, in a sense, dropping the ball, not taking responsibility where you should. Um, a lot of these characteristics, as you guys, you know, heard when Nicole was uh, saying them, are kind of extremes, you know, so they, it doesn't provide a balanced perspective. For example, if we take one of them, like, constant feelings of worthlessness, um, I think there's going to be times where we will make mistakes and have some regrets or feel guilty when it's appropriate, when we actually have literally done something wrong, um, and we can do something to correct that, but constant feelings of worthlessness 
is is almost like um, what it ends up looking like is almost like you're apologizing for even existing. You know, there's a sense that like I shouldn't even be here. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't be taking up space, that kind of thing. So you can see like just in that example, it's an extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not um, it, it's, it's not balanced. There's not a whole lot of room for truth in these things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I mean me, I was I've been going, you know, I've always I talk about it all the time. I go to a counselor and when I began, she had said to me, everything is an extreme for you. So it was always on the extreme of over responsibility, as in I felt like if everything depended on me being perfect and making sure that I um, succeeded at everything I did, I didn't drop the ball, that um, when when someone uh, messed up at work, the responsibility falls on me because I was their boss, you know, and I could not find a balance. And the only way that I broke that was by failing and, and being and f- laughing at the failure almost. And it's actually become like a fun thing to do now, like where I, I'll mess up on something and I'll be like, oh, well, nothing I can do about it now. And I honestly don't believe that, but I'm saying those things just to be- so I can get to believe that. And so it's a small progress, but it's it's mm-hmm. helping. Sure. Well, not only is it extremes, but also it's almost like when you're stuck in any one of these particular emotions, it's almost like inescapable is what I experienced. Sure. And not only was it very extreme, but it was like, this is my lot in life for forever. And I felt like there was never any light at the end of the tunnel. I continue to have issues with self-esteem but especially um, before I got healing and really addressed the things that happened to me I had such low self-esteem and just felt like you know I wasn't deserving of healthy relationships every single guy I dated was so awful and everyone could see it there was like hardly any redeeming qualities in that person but I felt like you know this makes sense and this is like what I deserve and um it just the low self-esteem it, it just like Nicole is saying where it sounds cheesy like oh positive self-talk and it's not that's not all there is to changing and healing and growing but I've noticed with Nicole even in situations where things are like literally falling apart at the seams and she'll look at me and be like we're doing our best and that's it <sighs> and like that's so impactful for me too and that helps me so honestly just those like positive self statements for me my low self-esteem is really connected to my aesthetics and my body and not so much my work ethic or the things that I do because I'm usually very proud of them and put a lot of time and effort into them I can struggle with perfectionism but my low self-esteem really is how I look and I'll be really hard on myself and when I was going to counseling something that Melanie would tell me to do is like think about all the things your body is doing all the time and that's going to make you want to be really compassionate to your body like all my major organs are constantly filtering out like all the toxins like internal and external and my legs are like moving me around and I'm able to run and jump and my arms like I can hug people and my hands like I can clap when I'm happy and it sounds so cheesy and so like almost like I'm infantilizing you like being really condescending or belittling like be thankful you have hands and you can clap but when you start looking at almost your individual body parts and what they can do for you and what they do for you it is like I want to be very kind to myself and I don't want to look in the mirror and hate what I see because I have so many awesome things that are going on inside of my body and that I can do with my very healthy able body so I mean that's I, I don't know that helped me a lot so I don't know that's something that you can probably apply to your life is look in the mirror and be like I love that I have all my teeth 
whatever small things no i love that and um i'm actually reading this book right now it's called extreme ownership um by how u.s navy seals lead and win and it's an amazing book because it's all about um the stuff they had to go through in afghanistan and different things and um just basically how they were able to uh thrive and not only thrive but get through a lot of it and one of the main things that they would do every single time no matter what problem they were confronted with they said every time good times every time so when they got a call hey um there's bombs all over here you're gonna you're about to drive into an area where there's car bombs everywhere good times that's what they would say so that's been my mentality ever since i started reading that because every day when i get up in the morning i'm literally like bad times (laughs) i hate life and i don't know why i think it's just like the mood i don't know i don't know and so i get up and i put my feet on the floor and i go thank god i can walk thank god i can go to the bathroom by myself thank god i have two cute little dogs sitting next to me my husband's at work so thank god he has a job and then all of a sudden it just changes everything and i start going okay and then even on my way here i'm like i really don't feel like doing this today and then i'm like yeah but this is gonna be great good times man we're in the times that are good well and words have such power so Mm -hmm. we really can speak life or death over our lives and over other people's lives as well Mm -hmm. so that kind of an attitude i mean both of you guys the examples that you shared anisa and nicole you know what you guys were talking about is speaking life Mm -hmm. over yourself you know and those things are things that we should be grateful for because there are the reality is there are people that don't have teeth there are people that don't have hands or don't have feet you know those those things exist yeah so we're here we're given another day of life there's a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. And I was even going to say um, some of the consequences of just some of the messages and the way that now our perspective it is, even in the distortion of it. And me and Kristen were just talking about it um, not too long ago where, you know, something that I've discovered even just going through counseling and um, starting to face some of these things uh, as far as the consequences go that now there's just this automatic negative thinking or distorted thinking. And some of those are just um, where there's like a negative reality. And because it's so automatic, I filter out all the positive. And, and so now I don't even see the positive because my distorted thinking, let's just give an example of the negative, it'll only, you know, whatever positive comes against that will be filtered out. And I think um, even I find myself doing this even literally today where um, where my mom was being really encouraging and she read all of our podcast or read it. She says read, <laughs> but listen to it's the generation. But um, but you know what I mean? So um, right away, I just I filtered out that that was really awesome. And instead, my negative thought was like, well, why didn't she say it to me? Like, why didn't I hear that from her? But for her, that was a huge thing. And for us and our relationship, that was a very supportive thing. But I instantly go into the negative um, and I filtered that out positive. And so a lot of the other things like um, like Anissa was saying, I'll stand in front of the mirror and I'll just despise my body or I'll feel this overwhelming shame even as, after I get out of the shower and I'm naked. Um, and it's just so automatic. I have to 
very diligently see that as distorted and come back to um, the reality, not just how I think about myself. Because the reality is um, my body isn't to be despised and there is no shame like being naked. Like, But to me, I feel exposed even just when there's no one else around. Something um, I was thinking of too when you were talking was um, the idea of traumatic growth. I don't know if you guys um, have heard of that before, but um, a, a, a probably a response um, kind of opposite in a way from from a PTSD type response. And, and so you may be actually listening too and thinking like, how am I going to ever grow from what has happened to me? How am I going to ever get out of negative thinking about myself and negative self-talk and and feeling negative about life and there's something called traumatic growth and basically where um, it's almost like something happens that's traumatic that almost propels you forward into a new um, gratitude about life about survival because that's what I was thinking of the reality is everyone survived their situations and their stories enough so to be here and listening to this you survived. There's something to be said for that. You know, you may still be in a situation right now where you're still experiencing, you know, traumatization. And my encouragement to you is, gosh, find someone to help you get out of that, you know, situation or to begin to get out of there, or to begin a plan about getting out of the situation. Uh, if it's over, you survived. And so traumatic growth can happen. You can grow from this. This can be a life-changing thing. Um, ironically, no, not ironically. <laughs> but really I mean, yeah. uh, very ironically, yeah. because ironically, <laughs> is that a word? No, <laughs> it is now. It is now. Put Ronically it in there, Webster. Yeah, right. get that in there. Ironically, um. <laughs> <laughs> woo. Um, David, leave that. Yeah, leave that, Dave. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, what was I gonna say? Obviously, take this out. Um, you said no that traumatic was really growth. good but traumatic growth oh well oh. we sit here as examples of traumatic growth because like <laughs> right is that yes. what we are okay because yes. i feel that's what we are as you were talking i was like i identify yes <laughs> nicole's like that's me <laughs> i know i said well wow she labeled it for me for the very first time someone said it like the key words i need i'm gonna be walking around saying that Go i'm in it. traumatic growth video, bro yes i'm in <laughs> i'm in traumatic growth not that, i've experienced is that a, is that a traumatic position growth. i can be in traumatic growth well or you're not in it I've, i think well yeah, let's ask that you've experienced it yes I've, oh i've experienced traumatic growth yeah so i can just be saying that go it. Cool. Go for it. Done. Read more about it. Call so me TG, guys. <laughs> and I, I really am. I really no, I really, really am. You're really TG in my phone now. Consider it done. Woo, yeah. Cause that's what I that's I wanna be that. I wanna be that Lord. momentum, that um that m movement maker. That's what I wanna be. And traumatic growth sometimes can do that. It's that's why big huge movements yes. come out. Yes. Well thank God is the truth. It goes back to what God says. Everything that Satan uses for evil or means for evil, God will use for good. Mm -hmm. Good can come out of bad, Everything. bad, bad mm -hmm. situations. Yeah. Bad. There's always there's light that can come out of darkness. Mm. Amen. That's good. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kristen. That, that feedback is so amazing. And I really hope that if you're listening, that if you're someone who's struggling, like she said, with thinking in my, no, wait, what did you say? How is this ever going to get better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It yeah. can. Right. 
So or what was the purpose of all that? Right. That kind of That's the key. What's the purpose of all that? Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes we hear that at Trees of Hope, Mariah and I, because we've been here so long, we hear that all the time. Like, well, what was the purpose of my sexual abuse? And the only thing I can say to people is, well, I used to say that. And now look what I'm, I've done with my life. I've literally changed the whole, my whole life to become this, you know, I don't expect everyone to become an employee at Trees of Hope, but be a movement maker. Okay, exactly. Exactly what Nicole is saying. I think that survivors of sexual abuse are like put perfectly in this position to become like human rights activists wherever they are and you know for me it's so crazy I look back and I feel like my my interactions with sexual assault actually propelled me toward one towards one of my greatest life's passions which is working with refugees and like being a human rights activist and like being a people person and and like our second core value is people is our heart here at Trees of Hope. And I feel like when you survive something like sexual assault or sexual abuse, it puts you in a position to just like love people in such a special different way and be a lot more sensitive to the things that are going on in this world, realizing how ugly it is and coming out on the other side and being like, you know what, I get it and I'm here to fight. Exactly. I think that's so powerful um, what you said, Anissa. And I think that um, here's, a, I think, a really key thing that's important is I think you can't, though, do that well until you work on your healing and your growth and your forgiveness in this process. Because anyone that starts um, something out of anger, that will eventually die out because it's not coming from a good a place. A sustainable source. It's not. Mm -hmm. It has to come from a place of love. In other words, it does, doesn't mean that anger is not involved or a part of the process, let's say, because there is naturally going to be anger toward yourself, toward perpetrators, toward injustice, lots of things. Mm -hmm. absolutely. But it has to ultimately come from a place of love because, yeah, anger will burn out. And that's where I think sometimes we can sidestep the process. If we don't go through our process, we don't go through healing and, and what we need to do to face these things, then we've jumped ahead of the game and we, and we can end up hurting ourselves and hurting others. And I think that's so important. And that's one of the reasons, you know, for encouraging people to listen to something like this, you know, to get more help, to get therapy, to go through the Trees of Hope program, whatever that's going to be. Yeah. And I think that is the biggest purpose of going through healing, of, of going there to allow yourself to feel what you've kind of shut down is because it's not just it's one you're you're worth being invested in and you're worth being rebuilt and, and healed. But so is everyone else and as you heal as you go through that process which is necessary it draws other people to that and in that it's even victorious over sexual abuse like it it brings back victory to mankind to humanity and um to love itself and i think i remember when i was just so angry finally but then that anger fueled me and kind of like what you were saying, like it fueled me and it gave me a fight. And that was the thing I was trying to hold on to because that's what made me fight until it fizzled out and it also hardened my heart. Now, as I let that go, my fight is just so much clearer and also having just like a different type of ground that I'm standing on. And now it's not my fight isn't against people. It's about the issue. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. that's so good. You guys are reminding me of something kind of silly, but it, I hope it makes sense. Have you ever met people that um, have a Peloton? 
I don't even know what that is. Videos. Okay. Have you ever met people (laughs) that do Soul Cycle? Yes. Okay. You know how geared up they are, and I I use that as a pun, but also as (laughs) um, how pumped up they are about. I mean, they're like, dude, you got to go to Soul Cycle, bro. It's like the coolest thing in the whole world. (laughs) And you're like, I'm actually not into that at all. Then all of a sudden, you hang out with them a lot, and you're like. I'm actually going to a soul cycle class later today and I don't even know how I'm I'm like registered I'm like a monthly spender all of a sudden I'm on the monthly ca- calendar why because their passion is infectious yeah. and it, and it like makes you want to go out and be you know be an Olympic cyclist all of a sudden and so that's what we should be even more so because this is we are so passionate about this we can make it easy to talk about which is what I hope we're doing in this podcast and is really the goal you know to fuel you so you can talk about something that's happened to you so you can fuel others yeah and don't go to soul cycle so ultimately what you need to realize is that low self-esteem is a mindset and an attitude about yourself. It's not really a state of being, therefore it can be changed. So when it comes to guilt and self-blame and myself personally, I struggled with guilt a lot as I shared before. You may believe that you don't deserve good things and healthy relationships. So as cliche as it sounds, um, the truth is what will set you free. And guys, we know what the truth is. What is that? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> oh my gosh. So all the false beliefs that you may be believing are resulting from the trauma that you've experienced. So we want you to know, Anissa, what do we want them to know? Everything that you experience as a survivor of sexual abuse is normal. And you are working through trauma. And so the things that you're working through as they come, you may feel like, okay, this is so weird or I feel very alone in this. But, you know, there is really just this commonality that comes with being a survivor and we all have been there and we understand it and you're not alone yeah I think that's the thing that presses you forward because the tendency is just like there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with me and it actually keeps you stuck so Mm. we're hoping that this actually helps propel you forward right and when you know it's normal you talk about it too and for me there were so many things that number one I didn't know were symptoms of my sexual abuse but two I felt like they were so weird I didn't want to talk about it and obviously I isolated myself, didn't talk about the problem and never received help because I wasn't being open, honest or vulnerable. Yeah. And one, if I'm completely vulnerable, like one of those things are suicidal idolations for me, like being able to talk to someone, especially who has been abused and they get it to normalize it, not to um, make it like, hey, let's just keep thinking this, but to actually Um, tear down that wall wall of like I'm too embarrassed I'm too scared what if they you know whatever they try to do after I said it but being able to just define like okay anytime we start thinking this let's not minimize it let's normalize it and get each other through the night thanks Mariah these false beliefs are all learned and therefore can be unlearned there's so much hope in knowing that that you can unlearn every single one of the false beliefs that you have in your mind So how do you do that? You first, you need to recognize the false belief. Then you need to reject the false belief. Then you need to speak truth into your life. And then you need to repeat that process. And I would even take it a step further and talk to someone as much as possible about it. So if it's a loved one, if it's a counselor, if it's someone in a support group or whatever, 
bringing it up that you're believing certain things and let them and then needs to be a normal safe person not someone who's on the same wavelength as you who's going to feed your false belief Mm -hmm. but someone who's totally opposite of you and I can speak into that just a little bit I have a lot of friends who are negative and what happens is when I hang out with them I always want to be as positive as possible not to be fake but because I know that they're coming at certain things with a very negative mindset and if I can be their hope that's what I want to do so when they tell me certain things and they're like being negative about it I'll be like yeah but let's look on the bright side I mean come on there's so many positive things we can look at and I'm sure they think it's super annoying but I don't care I want to be me and I want to make sure that they know that when they're around me I'm not going to let them stay in their muck That's really important and good. And you definitely do that. So I think in the sense of just like reprogramming your thoughts and um, these false beliefs, I would just even say like in the beginning when I started doing this, it felt like I was lying to myself. It felt as if like I'm seriously lying to myself and I'm in denial, but push past that. Just keep pushing through because eventually it'll unlock and you'll say, oh my gosh, okay, it does work. Um, So, yeah, and it's going to help you stop the effects of what these false beliefs cause in your life. And that is possible. Right. And you need to know you're worth positive thoughts. Yeah. Like you're worth thinking that you're a good person. You're worth thinking that you're worthy of friendships. You're worth thinking that, you know, people love you. And you deserve good things. You deserve respect. You're, you do, you are, um, totally worth being able to set boundaries and stick to them and not feel guilty about them. Exactly. I love that Mariah said that because I also felt like I'm, while I was speaking any positivity over myself, I would immediately cancel it out by thinking like, okay, but I know that's a lie and Mm -hmm. I'm feeding myself a lie. So, I mean, definitely that's really great advice as far as pushing past that and feeling like okay I may not believe this truth just yet Mm -hmm. but I will definitely amen so that is it guys that is episode nine and we had fun with you we hope that you learned a lot with us yeah yeah (laughs) yes all right guys so that wraps us up for episode nine and you may be listening and you think to yourself hey I don't want to believe the opposite of a false belief I'm good believing false beliefs I'm good going on in life thinking that you know everything is negative and that's fine you can be you can be there that's totally cool all we ask here is that you just keep coming back and you just keep listening to the podcast we love you we'll see you next week bye 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 Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We would love for you to subscribe so that you can get each and every episode right away. We'd also love to see you rate, review, and share this podcast with your friends. Every time you share this podcast, it not only means the world to us, but it also gives us more exposure. So to learn more about us, go to treesofhope.org. Bye.